everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Canadian Podcast. My name is Sarah Sash, and I'm here with my colleague, Andrew Campbell. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? It's going wonderful, Sarah. It's great to see you. And you know what? You don't disappoint because I had a feeling Christmas spirit, <laughs> you would be adorned in Christmas spirit. And I can't see very much, uh, yeah. but not everybody I see a little can hand. see it. But can you stand yeah, up? Can you stand up? Oh, All I want for Christmas is a John Deere tractor, but mainly one that I don't have to make payments on. <laughs> well, it's Christmas. <laughs> Obviously, they're all free. Aren't they under the tree when they come that way? Yes. That's a very fancy, ugly Christmas sweater. I, I certainly had, had kind of thought I should do it, but I my my uh, wardrobe is not nearly as good as yours. So so all I did was just the cow shirt. So if you got your wardrobe all fired up for chores on Christmas morning, are you going to be out there in the barn or the robots just taking care of that jazz for you? Well, you know what? So our I don't know what yours is like. Ours is, yes, we do all come out um, Christmas morning. It's the morning that I never have to convince my kids to come help. They always are very excited to come in to, to come out to help. I think partly because then we get in earlier, but it makes <laughs> it actually makes for a very fun morning where we all kind of come out and putter away at the barn. And then usually, um, surprise, just when we go back into the house, that all of a sudden we're all there like 90 minutes ahead of what we usually would be because there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people around. Um, but yeah, that's, you know what, we're, we're very excited. It's, it's, it's always that kind of fun time of year for us. What about you guys, Sarah? Oh, yeah, pretty much. We rip out there and get it done as quickly as we can and get back in and, you know, breakfast, that sort of thing. Usually one gift before, I would say. Oh, see, One that's gift. cheating. I'm not going to lie. That sounds like cheating. But I'll let, I don't know what you guys do in BC, but here in Ontario, we follow the rules. Do you have a and signature Bond no- cocktail of morning chores at Belson? Um, <laughs> coffee with um, that, like, oh, okay. that, uh, that um, 40 Creek cream that usually is. Uh, Good choice. Is Caesars pretty, are the thing here. Festive. Caesars oh, with asparagus. Caesars. <laughs> Caesars with asparagus. Nothing says Merry Christmas like. <laughs> And milk, obviously. And milk, obviously. Well, and this is actually <laughs> going to be really exciting because it's what is the pairing to go with all of these, you know, cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and all of that kind of stuff. That is the exciting part of what our episode is today because, um, I like, I think going into the holiday season, I, I think we should celebrate it in style. Of course. So for the holiday season, we thought that what we really need is a guest who knows about cheese. <laughs> Because who isn't thinking about buying some cheese, putting out some cheese, doing something with cheese right now? So if you're hosting a big family party at Christmas or New Year's, you're going to want to take some notes because this episode is for you. And certainly as a dairy farmer, I love to feature Canadian cheese on whatever we're taking to whatever occasion. And our guest knows a thing or two about that. Um, He is the Canadian cheese ambassador. David Boudouin joins us on the Canadian podcast. Stay right there. Our guest today was born and raised in Quebec City. He is known as the squeaky cheese guy, the cheese poet, and the Canadian cheese ambassador. Early on, he developed a passion for food and, of course, for cheese. He moved to the Okanagan Valley in 2005 when he launched his cheese education and distribution company, Squeaky Cheese. In 2013, he started to work as a cheese expert and consultant with the Dairy Farmers of Canada. Then he became the Canadian cheese ambassador. David Baudouin, welcome to the Canadian Podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me, Sarah, Andrew. It's such a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast, David. And and really, I, I'm thinking with this title of cheese ambassador. Like, do I call you Your Excellency, Your Majesty? Like, what's what's the title you go by when you're you know given an entrance into a room? Uh, Mr. Cheese, Squeaky Cheese, or simply David. David Paul. <laughs> See, you had the opportunity to come up with your own nickname, and you're going to stick with David. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It's uh, the world uh, is uh, too big of a place to be. Uh, oh, should I say that word? Yeah, to be farting over everybody else. I believe in <laughs> humbleness, and uh, I am a very humble person. Yes, I'm uh, meant to be going in front of many people, but the truth is, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all have jokes sometimes that are misplaced, words that are misplaced. If you're French Canadian working in an English place all the time, you discover all this very fast. So <laughs> we got to laugh at ourselves. And uh, David is. My name, I'll explain to you my last name because it's uh, actually quite funny. Baudouin. The first part of my name is the best part because it's beau. So then I can be like bragging about how pretty and all this because beau means pretty or beautiful. But then there's the second part, which is douin. And douin in French sounds like de loin. So I'm actually pretty from far. That's my <laughs> full name. <laughs> So yep. let's now that we're getting to know you, let's start from the beginning. How does a guy from Quebec City end up in my beautiful province of British Columbia um, doing the cheese thing of all things? Yeah, so that's a that's a really long story. So you're going to have to cut me short when it's time to move on. But so many things. This guy has had lots of adversity in his life and I wanted to travel, never had the chance to travel. So as a ski bum finishing uh, high school, I just decided I went to college for a bit, loved psychology, understanding people and everything and life in general. So I decided I'm just going to go on and travel. And then I fell in love with BC when I moved to the Kootenays as a ski bum. But then I realized I could not speak very, very good English. And uh, everyone, uh, the only answer I had when people were speaking in English is, <laughs> you know, when you don't understand fully and you laugh, it kind of pass by. So um, I worked for quite a while there, got my English. I went back to Quebec, studied in English to write and speak properly. Then I traveled on cruise ships so I can fully nail all the English languages that are out there in the world to find out it's a war between all English people. And uh, they're always still picking on me being the French guy. But now I was used to be picked on so I could move back to Western Canada and start my business. I did not know it would be cheese. But when I moved here in the Okanagan Valley, that's like now 18 years ago. Oh my goodness, it goes so fast. Well, when that happened, I went on a quest because there was no cheese around. There was just those brick of orange cheddar and in the dairy case, and that's all I could find. But being from Quebec, I loved going to Cheese Factory and like discovered the cheese, like it was a cheese discovery. And I did not know how much I loved cheese until I did not have it. So I went on a quest and visited all cheese factories in BC. And on my way back, I ended up in Armstrong, which was about an hour from where I lived. And then in the dairy, in the case, there was those orange refrigerated cheese curds. I was floored to see that they were orange 
and refrigerated. So then I just like took a bag, brought it home. On the way home, I had it on the dash of my car, full on heat going on those cheese curds. So they would go back to room temperature and slightly warm. They just happened to be fresh, but refrigerated. So when I got home, they were squeaky, they were tasty, but they were not quite the same as I had them in Quebec. So I went to see the owner, put my suit on, and I'm just like, sir, I'm David, and I want to start my own business, help you get your plant known for the best cheese curds in the country. And there I go with my pitch, and he's just like, perfect, because I don't want to hire you, but you're more than welcome to start. So then I went back to Quebec, learned with cheesemakers, got better at it. I had the passion. I realized there's no money to be made in cheese, but I'm going to do it anyway for the knowledge. And so I was on my adventure, David, the entrepreneur, starting his cheese career, and I fell in love with it. The fact that it comes from milk, milk is a, an amazing food. When you can ferment it and preserve it, it's just like, it just was a moment for me. And uh, I decided to learn more, work with Cheesemaker, just spend time. And then I developed packaging process. I heard kids that had a hard time at the high school near Armstrong and they became my best friends and people. Even the days where I came in and I had no money, all I had in my freezer is frozen cheese curds from taking them back after selling them. I, I said, guys, I don't have any money. And they said, David, you've been such a good person for us. We'll work for free today. And that kept me going another week because, in fact, I lost money for eight years. It was just that crazy. And uh, But it was a good thing because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't from that. But then so many dreams came about because I realized all cheesemakers in D.C. need to start working together rather than against one another. And so it became a dream. And after years, it actually came together with uh, BC Artisan Cheese Association. And I am now working with all of them, helping them all over and even beyond because now it's a Canadian thing. And I can work with the people I respect the most, dairy farmers. They're such hardworking people. They have the values of family. They care for life. They care for their animals. They're amazing people. And so much fun to be around. And I really connected with this. Then I met amazing cheesemakers that knew exactly what to do with milk when just smelling it. They wouldn't even use pH meter back then. They would just smell and they knew exactly what would happen with the milk. It's just an art. And I've been just so fortunate to work with such amazing people all around. And also people that made it hard for me. And that made me grow to be a better person and led to the right places to become today the Canadian Cheese Ambassador. But in a short version, I've become the Canadian Cheese Ambassador because nobody had the job, nobody was doing it. So I'm just like, yes, this is for me. And so I took it off. Yeah. It's kind of like picking up a rake on the dairy farm and then people see you and can operate that thing and you'll be stuck with it for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> 
So then, David, I guess, like, from the business perspective, clearly you've had this great passion that says, I want to do this, and you've kind of gone out, you've gotten the skills, you've come back, and all of that. But I, I want to kind of dig a little deeper into the business side, because uh, your resume has cheese plant manager on it, <laughs> which sounds very formal, um, you know, in terms of actually, actually not just you know, wanting to do all these things, but actually, you know, creating the business side of it as well and working on the business side too. Yeah. So started my own distribution business using the product that the cheese plant already had, help improve the cheese and the process in packaging because they had none of that. Then that cheese, as much as it's a fresh cheese, Fresh cheese, you don't have to age for so long. So it becomes the cash flow of the business. Not knowing this, but kind of figuring out, wow, I can start selling this. I started selling it in uh, parking lots. And then I put the French music cranked in my old Chevy van, 1979. And the first day were fresh, so I didn't have to refrigerate them. And that it was all legal. The only part that I wasn't legal is I was in parking lots of grocery stores to meet people. <laughs> but I did not know that, so I could ask for forgiveness. And I just grew. I'd tell people about them. I gave so much cheese in those years. Every time there was someone coming by or I'd see someone who didn't have food, I would just give cheese. But the thing is, as soon as you have a fresh bag of cheese curds, you fall in love with it and you get addicted to it. So I built a customer base and I had hundreds of people coming to meet me. I never knew exactly who would show up. Some would reply, some wouldn't. But most weeks I would sell out of the cheese and that would just pay for me to drive to get my own supply for the family. And it wasn't a money maker by any mean. But once I had so many customers and I could not have enough time to go to all parking lots, I had to knock at doors to have one retailer. And I remember that was Quality Greens, the first uh, that opened up. Unfortunately, they're not all there. There's still one in Penticton, but they, uh, they just refused me. They just closed the door in front of me so many times. But I went 10 times there and I'd leave a bag behind. And what happened is like the 11th time I showed up, I see them in the office up there and they're just like, make the sign like, wait a minute. And they did not look happy. So they go down and they come to me at the till and they're just like, you're David, you're the cheese guy, right? Yeah, I am. And uh, they say, wow, you are persistent, aren't you? I said, yeah, because by now you should be totally addicted and you will want to list those cheese curds. And he looks at me and he says, you're absolutely right. We love those cheese curds and we are going to list it. So that was my first customer. And because of them, I sent all my people there. So you can imagine like that cheese was like kicking off. But then after all those years of making all this work and like just being persistent, having more retail shops and the save on food started and now the restaurants were doing it. I was doing guaranteed sales. It was like ridiculous because some weeks, oops, there's tons of cheese left. What do I do? Freeze it and feed myself on it for years. But um, what happens is the owner of the cheese plant back then saw how dedicated I was and hardworking and just like just going for it. And then the sales of cheese curds went to the roof and it became the cash flow of the whole cheese plant. I did not know 
how bad of a financial position that cheese plant was. But as I was making cheese some days, helping with the cheese makers, like building all the packaging systems, I just was already running the plant. So one day he asked me to to run the plant and do the marketing on top of that and do like process of evaluation for for the overhead. So I learned every single aspect of the cheese business, working with people that build cheese plant across the country that knew milk in and out. They were amazing cheese makers. So I could spend time with them grading cheese, really understanding what's a good cheddar, what's not a good cheddar, and seeing all the flaws in the business. And soon enough, in five years, I turned it from losing $400,000 a year for four years before for me to making a profit and uh, that's when I had my kid and then we had a walk apart because we did not quite have the same values in the end and uh, not to say anything bad now a new owner of the cheese factory and that plant is flourishing again so now I'm back in the picture and we'll help them again with the squeaky cheese. <laughs> so I got admit, I don't have a whole bunch of cheese curds in my fridge or on my counter at the moment. I'm dying to know because you're making me want to go and get some right now, honestly. Yes. I mean, I've had them in poutine. I know that, but it's not something that's just a staple for me. So what is it that makes a good squeaky cheese and yes. what's so special about it? How can I, you know, if I'm like, geez, I've got to get some squeaky cheese after this. What am I looking for and what am I going to do with it at home? Yeah, so squeaky cheese is like, it's like the popcorn of cheese. So when you're ready to have cheese popcorn, that's what you do. Don't be influenced by the fact that us French Canadian, we call them cheese turds because that's crotte uh, de fromage is actually cheese turds. But it's just to bring it back to the simple fact that it is the fresh cheese. So cheddar, but before to be pressed together into blocks. Now, what that does, because it's such a fresh cheese, fresh cheese doesn't quite melt, but it becomes, this is what I called, and I love that, it's, you can reach the maximum squeaky addictiveness, okay? You take that curd, and you just put it in a hot, you know, who doesn't like on a cold day, a nice warm chicken noodle soup? I just made chicken soup with veggies last night, picked up some fresh curds in Armstrong, drive back, and then I put this in the soup. The kids, everyone mm. loves them. Because once you warm them up, they stay in their shape. You can put them in a hot chocolate if you want. Or just, and at the end, it's your nuggets of good squeaky cheese. When you get to it, it hasn't melted, but when you chew on on it it just squeak like no tomorrow i should have brought some here to hear just chew them in my microphone you would know exactly what happens then so you can put them in hot chocolate you can put them in a on over fries on a in a poutine cover with a hot we call it sauce but really gravy um you can make uh if you've ever had Roladen or something similar, we call it uh, Chinese fondue, uh, fondue chinoise in French. And you just have like you wrap meats around that cheese curds, poke it with the long forks and cook it in a bouillon. It's just so delicious. If you're having a fruit um, a chocolate fondue, with your fruits, you take those cheese curds, poke them and cover them in chocolate and eat them like this. But in all truth, if you get a bag of those fresh curds and you simply just eat them, 
you will probably go through the whole bag. And when you overeat, like if you end up eating 300, 400 gram of cheese that easy, well, you may not feel that great because you overdone it. And I've done that many times. So you're thinking, this is the last time I'm going to do it. If there's any left the next day and you see it and you fall in it, you will just eat it again. It's just that good. So I hope that answers your question. Well, and, and certainly I, I, I may have experience in that too, where you kind of grab the bag and you eat on the way home and you're like, oh man, I can't eat anymore. And then somehow you find a way to eat more. Like it just <laughs> is the way that goes. But, I, but what I, what I want to know more is about like, obviously this is, this is an important part of your business is the squeaky cheese side, but there's a whole education and a training aspect to what you do too. Can you talk a little bit about that side? Yeah, and it's so important. Uh, there's so much cheese that comes from elsewhere as well uh, in this world. Really, the only way, in my opinion, to be sustainable is to support your own people. Support your own farmers, your own dairy farmers, your own suppliers that make produ produce and products here in this province and in this country. That way, the money stays here for the communities and it stays here ultimately for families and it employs people here. Maybe you pay a little more because of it, which is ridiculous. But in the end, there's no subsidies here. We have to have our farmers like make their way and our cheese if we pay more for it or the same as the imported ones just think where the money goes because if the other country subsidized the milk the milk is already paid at half percent like half of it so i am dedicated and i say no to many chains that tell me david we want your education those were the best seminars we've had in years but can you do it on the world cheese and i say well i'm missing out on some money here but no Thank you. If they say they want to support our people, they want to put out BC cheese, they want to put out Canadian cheese, yet I go in their dairy and they're in their deli case and you barely, you just see the same, same cheese and lots of them being imported. Because obviously they can make more money this way, which is okay because they need to be profitable in order to stay alive and keep going and employ people. But in the end, that's the value I want. Are they going to support us no matter what? Because in the end, that's what we need to do. So this is why I want to educate the people. I want to educate the chains because the chains tell me we're going to give what people want. So if people are asking for a cheese, we're going to bring it in. You have to train our people to know that. Well, that's what I do. But then in the end, do they really? Well, that's a hard question. So then I go and educate the chains, daily managers, how to handle cheese. Because cheese is alive. It's changing. It's breathing. You need to be clean. You need to keep it covered. You need to keep it at the right temperature so that it's safe to be eaten. So there's, there's so much. And all that goes into cheese. It's a very natural process to ferment milk, but it is alive. So this is why it's considered a highly dangerous food. It's not that it's dangerous. It's just that it's alive and you need to care for it. And once you know your cheese, then the best before date is a whole different ballgame because really it doesn't exist because each cheese comes from different milks. And it changes different. The making has had an impact on it. And so your best before date becomes what you know of your cheese rather than the number that's on it. 
most of my favorite cheese, I keep them sometimes, like even in the soft cheese, I keep them two, three weeks after, depending on the cheese, really. And I test it, I press on it to see how soft it's become. Uh, a cheddar, really, you repackage it in the same package as it came. And you just have a cheese that you can keep in your fridge, like if it's vacuum sealed for a long time after. The bigger the piece, the longer it will keep aging well. If it starts degrading, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that, hey, maybe it's time to eat all of it now. And do not keep your cheese just because it's cheese. Just eat it and eat lots of it. It's good for you. Well, we sure appreciate your dedication um, to sharing the, the good message about cheese, because really nobody was doing that with the same type of compelling uh, manner that you have been. And I've been fortunate to see you all over the place um, at different types of events. But I'm curious, how did you go from being a local businessman near Kelowna to being the Canadian cheese ambassador and someone that we know and, and associate with Canadian cheese? Yeah, I never thought that would go that way. But there's there's a point, you know, when I'm in the room making cheese, I love the process. I love the fact that you convert milk into an amazing dense food uh, that is so good and so nourishing. You know, when right now it's so warm outside here in BC and I'm afraid because like all the offsprings, like everything starts blooming already and we're just like not even got a cold snap. So when the cold snap comes and kills everything like we've had in the past years, well, we cannot rely on nature as easily. But when you take care of animals in a good way and there's a mutual benefit between the animal and and yourself, then they give you the milk, you transfer it to cheese, you have a whole food that you can depend and live with. So I just love that process, but really making cheese every day and doing dishes, and I'm talking massive amount of dishes all day, 80% of the cheese making process, while in all truth, that's not my favorite thing to do in the world. So and what I love to do is connecting people together, bring happiness in a world that needs it so much. And I am so fortunate that I've had so many challenges in my life, but I see them as learning opportunities. And they teach me how I can help people connect more. And cheese is the perfect medium for me. So when I'm in front of a thousand people or I'm in front of one person, educating them, transferring that passion for a whole food, for such a good quality of meal that we produce here with care, well, it's contagious. And when they eat the cheese, they're happy. And happiness is health. So I am putting my foot down to say, do it. If it feels good, it's right. Listen to yourself, to your intuition. Don't listen to just the marketing that pushes other products to just get rid. Milk will not disappear. It's the best one of all. So just go on, listen to your intuition. And if really you don't feel good with it, don't have it. But the truth is, that's 95% of people love it over maybe a 5% that half of them are angry and <laughs> they just, they cannot accept it. But in having that personality and being humble in front of everybody, making my mistake, me, being human, if I don't have the answer that you have for your cheese or for milk, I'll go find it rather than tell you a bunch of we shouldn't hear. The truth is, I do not have the truth. 
Milk is changing, alive, breathing. I'm learning with it every day. And I love to learn. And I love to work with life. And I love to bring happiness. So when I realized that nobody was helping Canadian cheesemakers and dairy farmers as a person, I'm just like, that's me, me, pick me, me. But then there was nobody asking for it. So I'm just like, I'm already the Canadian cheese ambassador. That's what I do. And I had to create money because there was no money for education. So not only did I create my work, but I created how I get paid by working with different organizations and becoming a good speaker to communicate with people and help them just just bring cheese wisdom, nuggets of life through cheese and then help them make a conscious decision to choose their own cheese over any other cheese. And when you travel to France and you travel to Holland, you travel to England, go buy their cheese to support their economy. But when you're here, help support your own and your own family. So it's all ingrained in me. Those are my values. This is who I am. So I don't have a problem. I'm not selling it to anybody. I just have to find ways to make money. And I appreciate the support I have and people that see my gift and how I do it and the passion so they can hire me later to bring more happiness and more consciousness to the world all around. And I am so thankful because it's working. It's amazing. So that's how I became the Canadian Cheese Ambassador. Well, and there's, there's a pile more to talk about in terms of some of the things that you've done um, as you've worked your way to becoming Canadian Cheese Ambassador. Um, I'm excited to hear more about that. What we do have to do is take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back to ch- dig into lots more cheesy goodness in a second. Meet a Canadian dairy farmer. Planting one tree, then hundreds more. To naturally purify the air. Preserving wildflowers for pollinators and nurturing wetlands for healthier soil so wildlife can prosper. Biodiversity is in our nature. Working towards a sustainable future. That's Dairy Farming Forward. And we are back with David Baudouin, the Canadian Cheese Ambassador, the squeaky cheese guy. I love your logo in the background, by the way. Awesome logo. Um, David, you're also known as, and and I can't, I can't say that I've ever heard of a cheese poet before, um, but apparently you are one. Um, what's a cheese poet, David? <laughs> before actually uh, becoming the Canadian Cheese Ambassador and just being the squeaky cheese guy, um, I, I was called the cheese poet by every event people that I would do when I do like a seminar or a conference. And so I wanted to become the cheese poet, but then I realized a good friend of mine now, an amazing person, Erin Harris, uh, she's in Eastern Canada and that's her name. It's the cheese poet. So she goes by it. So then I could not do this. But I was still writing cheese poem. And so I pulled one out just for you because I thought you would ask about it because there's always someone asking. So I will read you one of the early uh, cheese poet uh, poems I've uh, written. Here we go. A friendly cow, a happy baby. And fresh milk because it's healthy. Ferment it and press it. When you eat it, sure you benefit. 
Cheese is alive. Cheese is breathing. Don't let it suffocating. There is a reason for its packaging. Open it and look at it. Smell it. Take it. Canadian, is it? But beware, when touching it, dirty hands will contaminate it. Some are fresh, some are old, some are mild, some are bold. In fact, some even have mold, but all have a character to unfold. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Made from fresh, real Canadian milk, the one that feels good to drink. Not die filter or any ways altered. All in all, and above all, in a ball, stringy or melty, it is not that fancy. Truly, it's a food that's gold, but please do not serve it cold. <laughs> This is cool. I love it. Yeah, so that's it. That's uh, a little cheesy poem for you. Super cheesy, actually, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about the experiential side of what you do, and I mean, I get, we're getting a taste of it just speaking with you today. Um, but in terms of the experience around cheese discovery and pairing, what is it that you do exactly? I mean, I've seen you mm. out there on the road doing your thing, but I've heard some of the other types of activations, if we could call them, that you do. I mean, it is not limited to corporate events or things like that where you're doing this type of cheese experience. So please tell us a bit about the cheese experience with David. Yeah. Well, imagine, you know, you're in a room and you've had a conference and you've learned so much about your business or about life and life lessons. And then suddenly there's a break because you need a break because your brain can only take so much. And here comes the Canadian cheese ambassador and he's going to give you a break. He's going to make you connect to life. He's going to make you just let go of everything so you can process everything. And then I love to create like, because it brings the tangible to a speech. It brings the, the natural. It brings the humbleness because we're all professional eaters because we eat three times a day, every day. So might as well have fun with it. And that's what I tried to bring is combine those emotions of happiness and fun into education. So you bring in the education because there's so much myth that goes around cheese and people believe they're lactose intolerant. They think that they can have goat milk cheese because there's no lactose. Well, they're so far from the truth. So I just need to bring those points up. Like people will blame the cheese because they fart. Well, it's not just the cheese. I eat raw vegetable and I will do this. So it, it, just like there's so much to be brought forth in that case. And then there's the engagement, the place where people come and can ask questions because they can interrupt me. It's just more fun that way. And they can just like play with the cheese and just break it down. And it doesn't look weird because we're in a cheese seminar and that's what I tell them to do. And then I can bring in the wine and I can bring in the cider, the beer, uh, with accompaniments that come from, I work with some of the best people in this country, like Rancho Vignola here in Armstrong, right beside the, the plant. They, they, they are set up in the old cheese factory that like, um, Dairyland had that was 
purchased by Saputo. And it, it's just, they make the best accompaniment, dried fruits, nuts in the country, and they're right there. So I use that, do the pairing, add the, the drink, non-alcoholic drink, cocktails also are also super good. And once you find that combination of flavor that really works with it, it's like such a party in your mouth. If you like to discover something that works or that really doesn't work, that's the beauty is like when you realize this really doesn't go together, well, then you have a story to tell. Just don't do this. It's really not good. But you never know because everyone has different taste buds. And for me, I've worked with like some of the best chefs in the world during those events. So most of them do not know or understand cheese fully. There's a handful of them that do. So I can explain to them, teach them, and then they grow passion for her own cheese in Canada. And then they teach me about like how to combine flavors. And I have a few books that are also Bibles of combination of flavor. So so I always play with my food, really, and just like discover some flavor combination that work. Some places I go, they don't even let me. Their executive chefs are so good that they say, no, we're doing it for you. Fortunately, I've realized a couple times that I'm good at what I do. And this is a good feeling because, yeah, a pairing that enhance the wine or enhance the cheese to a better place by the right accompaniment is such a cool thing. How many people did I convert that hated blue cheese. And now they're just like, whoa, this just opened my mind. And if I can open their mind with a cheese and a flavor combination, I open their mind to the world, to life, to be open to receive something new from life. So it's just like, gosh, it it doesn't end there. It's such a cool thing to do what I do. But I need more people to help me bring that to the world because I can only reach so many people. And for, I, I need to keep making money doing it because it's, it's not an easy world there. And I have to keep going for the money. But it's not what drives me. What drives me is all that happiness it creates. But it has to be coming with the price tag because otherwise I'll work for a hundred bucks a day and I won't be able to do share my gift to the world. Well, I'm curious, David, because when you talk about, you know, especially on this on this pairing side, you know, that's that's something that this time of year, you know, I I love just going to the store and picking out random cheeses and then random things from the liquor store that I have no idea whether they actually go together or not. But I say, oh, don't these labels look nice is usually the description I use to pick what I pick. Um, give me an idea. Like, you know, what, what's your secret to finding these pairings? How do I do a better job going into the season to be able to say, okay, when I'm going to make a cheese board or charcuterie or whatever, what I should pick and what I should pick to pair with it? Yeah. Thanks for asking this question because there is a secret. So I'm about to tell you the secret of really making amazing pairings. The first thing is you make sure you want to have a bunch of friends or family around to just bring happiness, okay, and bring an experience. That's the first thing. You have to have that will. The second thing is when you go to stores, 
Try something you have never had that you've always been asking about. And just like, should I spend money on that cheese? I don't know that cheese. So try something new. Go out of your comfort zone because too many people are habit making and they just buy always the same thing. So open up your mind and then try the combinations together if you have no starting point that's all you need a lot of canadian cheese lots of cool accompaniments and drinks and lots of friends to share it with that's how you start and then you start putting them together the more you do it's like anything you're going to create a habit you're going to start to find out what really works together and what doesn't that's how we create habits that's how we become experts at what we do you don't even know how many times When my kids were very young and I had to walk to get my kids at the end of the day and I'm telling my babysitter, I'm just like, sorry, that's really not what you you can think of. Like, I'm not a drunk. I I was just working all day and it just happened that I had to do pairings. So (laughs) it just just is. But yeah, I've had to do a lot of them. And the more you do, the more you discover. And then the more you talk to people and hear their stories – hear their stories. I'm a speaker, but I listen so much more than I speak when I'm not in front of people because that's how I learn. So I have the question, I ask them, and when I meet amazing chefs, we talked about flavor combination and that's how you get it. If you're at Christmas time, well, get some Christmas stuff. Like when I think of like candy ginger and those, this is some of my favorite accompaniments candy ginger works so well the long age cheese um the gruyere styles and all even if you have like peppery cheese and then you add this it's a different heat in your mouth so it gives a, a whole new nuance to your pairing and yeah you just need the let's say like right now mint and candy canes well try some strawberry candy cane and the brie and just crunch those candy canes just like just have fun with it. Maybe it's on a mascarpone that you do that. Or maybe you just put pour some caramel. And then you know that old Gouda cheese that's so like caramelly in flavor. Well, how about you put it with a caramel popcorn to just bring that flavor and just make them work together? It's just like the combination are endless. You know, Brussels sprout, like I've heard so many kids don't like it. Why don't you make Brussels sprout and like shred some amazing long age uh, cheddar on it and so it brings and pop up the whole thing when you uh, broil them and just like bake them in the oven like the and then you just make your board that way if you want meats if it's a creamy meat you should have a very hard cheese like a parmesan style that's what's recommended for uh, uh prosciutto because it's such a creamy thing well for me it's just like oh if that's the rule i'm gonna break the rule and i'll bring a creamy cheese so then i put like a super creamy like a boursin for example or little koala comme fromage frais put that in there and then i use like uh, pretzels to give the crunch and it's just like a wow thing and just take a pinot noir and then you're just like Woo-hoo! i'm gonna do this every night from now on so it's just and when it doesn't work then you're just like okay yeah moving on let's try another one so basically on the sourcing side you just need to rock up to the cheese case with your cart you need to look for the blue cow and put whatever you want in there and then take it home and give it a try you got it you got it thanks 
So, so is there anything super trendy, like something that if you're going to leave us with a little gem of advice about making a hit cheese thing at the holidays here? I mean, it's Christmas. We want to impress our friends. We're farmers. We're no strangers to cheese. What's the thing? What's like a, a little tidbit gift you could leave us with in terms of something we could throw out there and just blow everybody away with? Yeah, well, I could tell you trends that are happening in the world and all the truffles that are going out. Like, it used to be a trend last year, but now it's kicked off even more. Like, but really, it's the holidays. You want to do something cool? Just, you know, like they make jam. You could make your own jelly at home, actually. It's quite simple. You can do it with wine or you just make a mint jelly or you buy mint jelly because right now mint like candy cane, you know, Christmas. And then what else? Those if you make uh, those um, uh, ginger snap cookies. Then put a nice creamy brie on top of it and a little bit of mint jelly and you'll be like, whoa, this is cool. You don't have mint jelly? Just use the uh, apple jelly because it's available anywhere, really. It's easy because a brie or that kind of style of cheese loves berries and like those kind of milder flavors. So then you can get a jelly that works that way. So that would be one I'd suggest to try for the holiday. That's pretty cool. Um the popcorn caramel is really awesome with the long-age Gouda. We have lots of Gouda makers as well down in the lower mainland here in BC. So that's a great thing. We have some amazing one in Alberta, and there's some in Ontario, uh, even all the way to Nova Scotia. So, yeah, there's Gouda everywhere. And if it's a cheddar, try if it's a like a little sharper cheddar, like I'd say like extra old or extra age, maybe two years, three years, and so on, could go up to five years. And that like uh, umami flavor that comes out of it, or maybe I can say um, more of a savory sometimes that comes with it. Well, try with Reese's Pieces to bring the chocolate and peanut butter that works just so awesome. And yes, it's not conventional, but let me tell you, you will love it because it's that good. Well, this has been a lot of fun, David, and I think we could keep going and going on. Certainly what I would love to know is more pairings that make me look like a pro. Um, but as I go through and discover more and more about this cheese universe, if people want to find out more about some of the pairings, some of the services, anything that you do as Canadian Cheese Ambassador, where can they find you? Yeah, so... Um cheeseambassador.ca that's uh, the best place to find and even if you are a corporation a company that want to bring some goodness happiness want to learn about cheese that's the best place to reach out really if you forgot just look up Canadian Cheese Ambassador online I'm sure it'll come up you can look at squeakycheese.ca this is going to have a revamp because now there's an amazing dairy farmer here in uh, northern Okanagan that I love to work with so it's going to revive uh, that squeaky cheese uh, brand um, and uh, yeah is there anywhere else well hopefully you can make it live to one of the event anywhere in the country because it's amazing and if not then you can make it uh, a pre-recorded seminar that I've created and then maybe we can make some boxes to ship to you uh, and all your friends and family that are all throughout the country and we, they can all have a box and then we all meet online and just have a good time just like we're we're doing right now. <laughs> 
So true. Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us more about yourself and about your business and cheese. We are so appreciative of all you do to spread the good word about dairy, dairy farmers, and of course, the delicious cheese. So thanks again. We appreciate having you here. We look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing what you do because that helps people being conscious of the importance of supporting our own people. Well, Sarah, now I'm very, very curious. Um, what's your top pairing going to be for cheese after all of this? Have you have you just scratched your whole hors d'oeuvre list and are going to do something well, different or what's the plan? I was just scanning my mind there because I must say I did throw a very large block of some kind of truffle product I haven't tried before at Costco into my cart the other day because I was like, blue cap, check. <laughs> Huge block of truffle cheese. Never tried it. Okay. Check. <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, I, ha I have to admit, when I've tried some of David's uh, pairings, including ginger um, and honey and some of the sweet things that I don't normally, uh, you know, put out with cheese, we're more like a meat and cheese kind of place. Um, it, they're really amazing. So I think we'll try to get some slices of pear maybe in there, some honey, some stuff like that, and just see where it takes us, you know? Well, because that's what I was thinking. Our, our standard is like the brie heated up kind of in pastry. That's kind of the standard mm. thing we take. Um, I love the idea of that like apple jelly kind of in it too. So so I'm yes. going to go all out and slightly modify the thing I always do. That seems <laughs> like what I've learned. <laughs> oh, yep, you're, goodness. you're late to a party. Just cut the top off of a wheel, wheel of brie, yep. dump a can of jam of some form on there, throw it in the oven and call it <laughs> No, it's really good. There's like strips of like peanut butter in it because the kids got the peanut butter into the strawberry jam. It, it won't be pretty, but it'll at least be done. So, <laughs> well, I do want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for being with us. And we want to wish you and your family the very best of all the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, all of it. Indeed. If you've liked this episode, give us a follow on Facebook and on Twitter. Make sure you give us a like on your favorite streaming platforms and check us out on the Canadian PodCow YouTube channel. And of course, you could buy yourself a piece of blue cow cheese, I think, for the holidays would also be a nice little way of showing your appreciation. And maybe if you have a great pairing that you've discovered all over the holidays, we, sh we should maybe like start a cheese club here so you can send your comments, suggestions to our email podcast at canadianpodcow.ca. A big thanks to our sponsor, the Dairy Farmers of Canada. Of course, our production team is Bruce Sargent and Carl Belanger. Thanks for listening to the PodCow. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2024.